I don't think people realize that compassion is productive. That genuinely, when you are compassionate with these parts of you, when you see that the blocks that are coming up in your life right now are not in the way they are the way, they can be used as stepping stones to get to your next level if you embrace them. Welcome back to the Boss Way Podcast. This episode is a good one. In fact, I have a little bit of a vulnerability hangover. (laughs) Alyssa offered to coach me on the podcast. I was like, okay, well, let me give you a real problem that I'm facing so that you can coach me through it. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Let me tell you a little bit about Alyssa before we dive in. Alyssa Nobriga is an international speaker, coach, and entrepreneur. She is the founder and CEO of the Institute of Coaching Mastery, which certifies hundreds of coaches a year in her methodology. She has been featured in the New York Times, Forbes, Entrepreneur, Inc., Psychology Today, and highlighted as as an expert coach by Deepak Chopra. Alyssa is a licensed clinical somatic psychotherapist with a master's degree from the Chicago School of Professional Psychology and holds a second master's degree in spiritual psychology from the University of Santa Monica, where she also worked on faculty. She is a powerhouse. She's also one of my best friends. And we are cooking up a few collaborations this year as well. So with that, I'm really, really excited for you to listen to this episode. Let's dive in. Alyssa, welcome back to the podcast for now, I think the third time. Third time. (laughs) I'm so excited because every single time we podcast together, it's one of our most downloaded episodes. And so I know this one is going to be even more of the same. And so where I want to start is we're in January now. A lot of people have these huge goals. And I know Mm -hmm. they're probably tuning into this podcast with these huge goals in mind. And these huge goals are at the forefront of their mind, but there's a lot going on in the back end that maybe is not supporting them and going where they want to go. So I think if we can go through that in this episode, I feel like you can tell me there's so many reasons that this would happen for people. Mm -hmm. Where does someone begin if they have all these huge goals at the front of their mind, but they're either not taking action on it or they've never achieved them in the past? So where would they begin? Yeah, this is a great question. I love it for the new year as well. So a lot of the time people say they want something and there's an unconscious fear around stepping into it. So the easiest way to create lasting change is to do the inner work. And what I mean by inner work, you want sustainable change. This is not about pushing harder. We've all done that. We've burned out. We're over it. Right. And so this is about three specific things that I'll dive into in this podcast so that you guys have actionable, practical things that you can apply because it's not about this masculine, undeveloped or toxic masculine where we have to push harder, which leads to, again, that burnout, but then we are not motivated to continue forward. And so rather than pushing harder, it's about getting out of our own way. And most of the time there are blocks that come up for people. Maybe they want to grow their business, but they're scared of being seen. Or they want to grow, you know, make more money, but they're afraid that they won't have as much time with their family. Maybe they don't really feel confident and they're scared or fear failure. And then they start procrastinating, right? As an unconscious way to avoid that. So the more we can understand ourselves and have the right tools, the easier it is that we can just get out of our own way to step into what it is we want. 
So I'll share with you three specific things that we can unpack in this podcast that people can start applying. So the first one is to do the subconscious reprogramming, to get out of our own way. Let's talk about that. The other one that I think is really big for people is learning about somatic work. So there's something that I teach in my certification program where I train coaches, which is called the paradox of transformation. And this is powerful. People don't realize the very last place that they would think to look holds the key to what they deeply desire. So what I mean by that is if you want to feel more confident, it's through embracing insecurity. If you want to feel more worthy, it's through embracing unworthiness. If you want to feel free, it's through embracing stuck. Or if you want to feel connected, it's through embracing the part of you that feels isolated. So it's the very last thing. So with somatic work, and we can dive into this, it's really about feeling it as a sensation and not a story. And then it starts to transform. And we can, again, I'll, I can demonstrate or guide on any of this, but the first one is subconscious reprogramming. The second one is somatic work. And then the last one is really at the root of all blocks is feeling unworthy. And we all feel unworthy, whether we're conscious of it or not. And as we start to embody our inherent sense of worth and value, we go for bolder moves in our business because we know who we are is not dependent on what we do. We feel more confident. It upgrades every relationship we're in, meaning we don't put up with toxic relationships because we won't settle for anything less than we can offer ourselves. We also make more money. We go for better quality life experiences and we can maintain the success because we're not subconsciously sabotaging it thinking we don't deserve it. So those are the three things worth unconscious reprogramming and somatic work are three practical things that people can start applying to their goals for 2024 so that they don't have to push harder and then lead to burnout. Okay. I want to get into all of this. And there's one thing you said in particular, if you want to feel worthy, you have to feel into the feeling of unworthiness. And I remember, I'll just share with everyone listening. So a couple of months ago, I was going through some really, really big feelings and I was feeling so much anger, mm -hmm. but I wanted to be feeling peaceful. And you were like, let's hop on a call. It was a Sunday morning. We got on a call. You're like, I can help you move through this. It's, it's no big deal. And I'm thinking, Alyssa, this anger is going to take me an entire year to feel it's so big. And you guided me through this really powerful process. And I ended up getting to the root of the anger and it felt peaceful. And I remember having my mind blown because I think in my head, I had made, I'd made such a story that feeling this anger would be loud and intense and challenging and all those things. And it wasn't. So I'm curious when you say, if you want to feel worthy, you have to feel the feelings of unworthiness. Is that a similar process that you're talking about? Exactly. It's the game of opposites. So we think a story, for example, anger. And I think, and I love that you are able to feel your anger. I think a lot of women are like trained, be a good girl, quote unquote, don't feel your anger. And yet anger is sacred. And so every feeling is sacred. And if you fully feel it as a sensation, it doesn't matter what feeling it is. If you feel it as a sensation, that's how you work with it somatically, meaning embodiment work. When you feel it fully, it actually at the core of it is love, is peace. And so if you are feeling something longer than 90 seconds, neuroscientists have found out that you're actually thinking a thought that's creating that feeling. And those are the feelings that take you out of the game. Those are the feelings that maybe you have a challenge, you're a founder and you have a challenge with your employees, or you want to ask for a raise and you're, you don't get it. So these, as we learn to navigate our inner world, it actually helps us stay centered 
be better parents, be more present and productive in our lives. But it's the same exact, it's called the paradox of transformation is what I call it in my certification program. When you fully allow it, not again as a story, but as a pure energy in your body and you breathe into it with acceptance, there is a peace that you will find at the core of it. And if you haven't found that, then there's just some things that are off in terms of navigating you're maybe thinking about it. We have what I call emotionally, there's avoiders and indulgers. Some people indulge and they just keep feeling it, thinking that it's going to be helpful, but they've actually, they're on spin cycle, repeating the feeling. And then other people avoid it, thinking about a feeling as a subconscious way to try to avoid it, but it doesn't work. If avoiding worked, to be all for it. It just postpones it. So actually learning how to do that somatic work to like you were saying with anger, fully allowing anger as a sensation. I remember the first time I got angry, I was in the kitchen with my husband and it was electric. I usually jump to sadness underneath anger in the past, which there's a scale of emotions. And I let this anger wake up my body. And I was like, well, no wonder people get hang out here. They don't jump to sadness underneath it because there's a lot of self-loathing in it. Anger was a lot more electric. But when you feel it in your body, as this life force energy moving through, it passes. And then you find your center and you allow it. And then you feel more calm, more peaceful, make better decisions. So hearing that, it sounds so simple. It sounds so simple to hear it. And I know for a lot of people listening that maybe haven't experienced getting to the core of it or mm-hmm. like me are avoiders. I am such a textbook avoider. I'm like, nope, it's not productive <laughs> to feel that. I'm out and I'll pretend I'm fine, but then it will result in not going after certain things or, yeah. or hitting certain goals that I have. So, okay, let's say someone has this financial goal that they want to hit in yeah. th- this year and they know they should be taking certain actions towards it, but they're not taking the actions. And maybe at some, the core of it is they feel unworthy of it. Mm-hmm. And we're telling them, go and sit with that unworthiness. What does that look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a few different ways. So the way I work with people is through my methodology, which is five levels of change. So somatically is one of them. Emotionally is another level. Mentally, really questioning the beliefs of unworthiness is another. Unconsciously doing that reprogramming work and then behaviorally. Sometimes it's just about feeling that and moving forward anyway, but that's about 20% of the time. 80% of the work is an inner game. So let's take the example of somebody wants to start taking more leadership in their company and, and having meetings, but they feel insecure. One way that I would work with them is to give voice to the part of them that feels insecure. They're not identifying with that part. It's not the totality of who they are. And when you can see it's a part and you have expression, you allow it like a child. Like if you were a mother and you were allowing this child to just speak, I feel scared. I don't want to be judged. Raw, authentic, young. It has a voice. Then you embrace it as a mother would a child. Okay, sweetheart, I hear you. Tell me more. You're not cheerleading, like you shouldn't feel this. So it actually is simple, but the way that our psychological defenses make it complicated, we try to avoid it or we indulge. And so emotionally, it's about giving these parts of us expression and meeting them with compassion. Essence, the truth of who we are, meeting our ego. That's what integrates it into our nervous system. So that's one way. The other thing I can share is that sometimes people on a behavioral level or an unconscious level, they say they want something they want to raise, but then they're scared of what would happen, right? And so, for example, sometimes I'll ask women, if you got that raise, what do you fear would happen? 
And they're like, Alyssa, I don't fear anything would happen. But when I unpack it, they realize that they would emasculate their husband if they made more or their father. Maybe they would be ostracized by their family because they didn't, they wouldn't fit in anymore, or they'd feel guilty for having that much, or they don't feel worthy of it. So they sabotage it. So again, if we don't do the inner work, then we have to like double down on some of the behavioral strategic things. We burn out, we don't actually get to the root of it, or we take all of these blocks and this baggage with us. So to live freer, to live lighter is by changing from the inside out right? It doesn't have to be hard, but we have to slow down to really hear what is our unique positioning around our, our flavors of blocks. So it's like, you know, for me, like hiring a team, I wanted to hire a team. I was doing all the things, but I was guilty for receiving support. I needed to work with that. It didn't matter. I could have the best strategy in the world or the best team, but if I didn't let myself really receive that, then I wouldn't, I would sabotage it unconsciously. And so you're saying so much of this is subconscious in that they, let's say, you know, the person listening wants to hit the seven figure mark and they just consistently aren't hitting it. And they're not necessarily doing the things that are going to help them hit it. I mean, I'll speak from just seeing when I'm coaching people, I see people doing a lot of things that are generally time wasters. They're doing things that are wasting time or taking them on a bit of a detour and not the needle moving activities that could actually get them to the seven figure mark. When I tap into why they're doing it, it's not conscious. That's right. So that's why asking a question like, what do you fear would happen if you, whatever the goal is that you want, then they're going to say, oh, I really, some of these are like, I'm afraid of failing. So it's like, oh, if I'm not doing the busy work, then I'll go direct. I'll actually get results or I won't get results. And then I think I'm not good enough. Thinking that who they are and how much they make is a direct reflection of their self-worth and their net worth being connected. It's not. And so when we can really do that work to embody the truth of who we are, the, our inherent worth and value, it changes the game. We go after things, we make bolder decisions, we make moves that don't, we know that our self-worth and our net worth are tied. And so we feel more present. We feel more able to navigate the different things that come up. It's not, if you fail, quote unquote, it's not about you. It's just about your performance. And when you realize that you can shift how you're showing up in the world, you can get skills I think this is really important that people hear. So anything that is blocking you, there is an unconscious gain from that. You're somehow winning from that on an unconscious level. So if you're procrastinating, for example, there is, it's like, what do you fear would happen if you didn't procrastinate? Could be a question. And so thinking about this, it's like, well, you know, oftentimes we're trying to avoid something we don't want to do. Right. And so that's helping us do what we do want to do but then we can loop in guilt around it. So thanking the part of you that has been trying to help you avoid feeling unhappy or getting the, not having the things that you want, we can start to change our relationship with the blocks and those blocks change. So instead of judging procrastination when it comes up, I can say, thank you for trying to make sure that I do things that I really enjoy. And then you have dominion over it and you can come up with a better strategy to move forward. So instead of judging yourself for procrastinating, which just loops in procrastination, you can say thank you to this part of you and then say, well, what would actually help me? And maybe you delegate some of the things that you don't like. So you do stay in your zone of genius. Maybe you set public accountability. You make it fun. Like what would be fun? So it's not like you can't have it, but you have to change your relationship once you become aware of what your blocks are, change your relationship with those blocks and your action is way more aligned and it's easier to step into what you want. 
how long does this inner work take? (laughs) So let's say someone has these blocks and they're listening and they're like, Natalie, Alyssa, sounds great, but this is going to take me years. How long would it take for someone to be able to move through and up a limit like that, that they have, but actually don't know they have, especially if they're brand new to the work, if they're Mm -hmm. listening, being like, this sounds amazing and I'm brand new to it. I don't know where I'm starting with this. Yeah. It only takes this moment. It only takes this moment. That's all we have. And so sometimes resistance and the ego can be like, this is going to be forever, but that's just a voice of resistance or, oh my God, I'm going to feel these things. And then I'm never going to, it's never going to end. Well, that's just because you haven't learned how to surf the wave. There's a way that you can navigate surfing so that it's enjoyable. The emotions that come, you don't get taken over by the tidal wave, right? There's ways to actually utilize the tools that are quick and efficient. But it's really from presence. It's really right now. Because if you unconsciously believe the story, it's going to be forever, you'll play that out. But it's only right now. And if you have a relationship with these blocks where you genuinely see how they've been trying to help you, you know, even this fear of failure, trying to avoid failure, this is the best way that part of you has known how to take care of you. So if you also don't want to be embarrassed, or if you also want to make sure that you succeed, you have the same agenda as that block. You just have, it's an ineffective approach. Does that make sense? So then you can upgrade the approach you think, because anytime you judge something or you identify with it, you're stuck with it. And so if you accept it, you don't identify with it. It shifts in a moment. Life is a mirror. So if you're, if you're resisting these blocks, they will resist right back. If you accept these blocks, you actually take dominion over them moment to moment. So give me an example of accepting a block. Let's say the block is, I'll pull up one of mine. Let me, cause I know we're talking about, will will I get coached on here? I just, as you were talking, I was just thinking about where my fears might be. And I don't know if this is a fear. Maybe you can help me get to the root of it, but <laughs> there's a, an inner voice that's been on loop lately. So even though I said I'm, a, I'm an avoider, maybe I'm also like a wallower because this voice has been on loop of, I've been opting to do the easy things in my business. So going after the easy launches, you know, not putting in, I would normally put in a couple months work ahead of a launch. I'm kind of just like off the cuff at the moment. And the voice in my head is you're leaving so much money on the table. You're Mm -hmm. not fulfilling your potential here. You could be doing so much more, but my execution is, you know, in the moment I'm doing the things that feel easy where would I begin? And that's a loop. So then where would I begin to even okay, great. that block? I love this. I also just knowing you and loving you and you going through this huge change of being a mom, some of your priorities have shifted. So we've got to do the inner work so that we feel aligned internally. And then we can align our businesses externally. That's the way it's created sustainable change. So let's ground it with a specific goal. What would be, and it could be a, a revenue number. It could be anything that's grounded in specific that you want to step into? I would like to execute a seven figure launch next month. Okay, great. So seven figure launch. And so what I hear is there's a part of you that optimizes and maybe this was pre Noemi. This is like, let's go, let's optimize. Yeah. Foot on the gas. Yeah. That was the, I guess where my last seven figure launches, I had quite a few of them when I was pregnant and it was, a lot. And I think Uh I've opted for a lot more consistent evergreen growing revenue, which has felt really good on my nervous system. And there's a part of me that is ready to go back to those big launches. 
Okay. Okay. So just to break this down for people so they can follow along what I'm seeing. So you, there's a goal to have a seven figure launch next month. And there's, so that's the foot on the gas, this part of you that's like, let's go. And then there's a foot on the brakes because in the past, the way that you've launched wasn't easy for your nervous system. You don't want to do that again. It's not worth it. Is that right? Yep. Yep. So then these two parts are at war inside. And then if you don't do the inner work, your strategy is also going to mirror some division. You're not going to be, you're going to have some level of hesitation, foot on the gas, foot on the brakes versus fully just being able to go. So if we explore this part of you that wants to go, what does this one value? You can name her or just say what she values. Excitement, growth, Mm -hmm. impact, fun. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So she's the accelerator. She's like, let's go, let's, let's grow, let's impact and have fun. Yeah. yeah. And I see you smiling. You're like, yeah, that's her. <laughs> she's she's here. She's, she's feeling all, she's feeling acknowledged right now. I see her like watering, like a, wa- like a plant being watered. She's coming alive. <laughs> so yes, she's there. And then there's also this other one that has some concern about the way you did it last time. And, and what would, what is this one value? Calm, mm-hmm. peace, mm-hmm. free schedule, time with my baby, happiness, routine. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay, good. So now we can identify that this one just wants peace, wants time with your family. It wants this routine and spaciousness and some freedom. So what if instead of unconsciously letting this play out, we could come up with a strategy that honors both of these values and a new execution, both to have peace and freedom as well as a seven-figure launch and growth. Would you be interested in that? I would be interested in that. Uh-huh. Great. Okay. So first it comes with kind of forgiving any judgments we've had about the one that pushes the gas and the one that pushes the brakes, because that's where the war gets created. So are you open to, now that you can see how they've been trying to serve you, because they are, they are holding a different part of you that is important, the peace and the growth. Yeah. Yeah. So could you offer a forgiveness to the part of yourself that maybe the accelerator that has judged the one that wants to put the foot on the the brake? So I forgive myself for buying into the misunderstanding that I had to not grow to have peace. Mm -hmm. So, so how would that sound for you? I, and this is a statement I learned from the university of Santa Monica that I know you love the forgiveness statement. I have personally struggled with the traditional healthcare system. I was told by multiple doctors that I would have a really hard time getting pregnant because of my PCOS. And because I didn't fit the mold of having insulin resistant PCOS, I wasn't given the correct protocol to heal. I felt like I was being treated very generically and I decided to take my health into my own hands. I did research and found someone who ran a lot of labs and successfully found the root cause of my PCOS. That's exactly why I love the concept of our podcast sponsor, Wild Health. Founded by two emergency room physicians, Wild Health takes a proactive and preventative approach to healthcare called precision medicine. By using your genetics, biometrics, and lifestyle data, they are able to determine what your body needs when it comes to nutrition, exercise, sleep, supplements, and more. What's amazing is that Wild Health can determine if you have elevated levels of LDLP that can contribute to a wide range of current or potential issues from brain fog or drowsiness during your busy days to microbiome and gut health issues. Once identified, 
89% of Wild Health patients showed improvement with these challenges. That's the kind of information you get from Wild Health because they truly care about individualizing your healthcare. Whether you have a specific health goal like weight loss, body composition, or improved energy, or broadly want to optimize your health and prevent disease, Wild Health tailors a care plan with lifestyle-first interventions rather than pills and prescriptions to, in the simplest sense, help you live longer. Plus, Wild Health is fully virtual via telemedicine and is available anywhere in the US. Wild Health is generously extending BossBib listeners 20% off the cost of membership with code BossBib. Head over to wildhealth.com slash BossBib and use code BossBib at checkout. Make this commitment to yourself and start taking control of your health today at wildhealth.com slash BossBib. I love this one. I forgive myself for buying into the misconception that in order to have a big launch, I can't also feel calm and have time with my family. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. How does that land in your body? It feels good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now let's do the other way. So a judgment of this one that wants peace, maybe that, that part of you has judged the one that accelerates. I forget. So how would, what would the judgment be inside of you? How do you hear it? Mm, I forgive myself for buying into the misconception that being calm, being present at home, being peaceful can't also result in growth and success. Yeah. Good. Good. Beautiful. So now these parts, you can see that they've been trying to hold something that's important to, to you. We're not judging them. We could do more forgiveness or not. We're not judging them. And then they come into alignment with coming up with a plan that is in alignment with both having peace, growth, and success, but from a new strategy. So it's almost like when you're in this binary right, wrong dynamic, you can't see a higher level of insight. Albert Einstein says, you can't solve a problem at the same level of consciousness that created it. So my experience is through forgiveness work, it helps you. And anytime you come into acceptance, you can see over those patterns and then you can get more innovative and creative to come up with a new way. So, yeah. It's so interesting because as we are talking and I'm voicing these parts, I can feel internally, even though I didn't feel the separate parts before this conversation, I actually feel internally, like I can almost see visuals of parts coming together, which is Mm -hmm. so interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is such like a small taste of, we can even go much deeper into the forgiveness and the parts work. And I love that you're starting to feel it somatically. Mm. And because a lot of people, they don't even realize that they have these unconscious blocks playing out. We're not done with it, but they don't have, they don't realize it's like that refrigerator hum. They don't know it's there until it stops. And you're like, wow, there's so much more spaciousness and freedom in my life. So, so from this place, you know, and you could, you on your own, you can do more forgiveness work if that feels right. But from this place, what, what would be a creative idea to step into seven figures next month with your launch? while having time with your family and having this kind of peace, what would be another way that you could do this? If we aren't judging these parts and we're starting to ask more higher level questions, are there other people that do it? How do they do it? How could I do it? So what are some ideas that come forward? What comes to mind is I always think about like 
the the needle movers. And I'm thinking about, because I know in my previous launches, I kind of do everything. I've been doing everything. And what I'm having the idea of is for this launch, what if I focused on the conversion rate more than all the other things? What if I focused on getting a way higher conversion that I'm used to, so I don't need to drive as much traffic? I don't need to be out there creating as much content, but I can still have the impact. Almost what I'm hearing is like trusting that doing less marketing isn't going to reach less people, but it will not be convincing people. It will actually just reach the people who are ready. And then I could delegate out if we do want to scale it beyond that to other people that maybe do need to hear more content around it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what I hear is, and I love that you have your own insights and brilliance that you're listening to. What I hear is focusing on the needle movers that actually will help the conversion instead of trying to do all of the things. Mm-hmm. Like I, instead of throwing all the things at the wall yeah, to have things stick, be, be like laser targeted at what I'm putting out there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I also wonder if you could look at what worked and didn't work. I'm sure you already did from a launch debrief so that you're really clear on those needle moving metrics and or delegating to your team some of the things that you were doing that you don't want to be doing. Yeah, definitely more delegation. That's a great, yeah. And like, have it, maybe it will be a good opportunity too to have trust in delegating things out. Yeah. And being clear what that looks like. Mm. Yeah. And another forgiveness is coming up. Try this on if this works or it feels right for you. I forgive myself for buying into the misunderstanding that I couldn't have a seven figure launch without being stressed out. Yeah. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. So kind of letting go of those misunderstandings frees up your creative insight and and ideas to come forward with how could I do it differently this time? Mm-hmm. What could I automate? Is there any uh, tech that I could use that I didn't use for um, marketing, for reaching out and or doing more affiliates? I love this. Uh-huh. It feels creative. It, it feels is creative. more freeing and creative. That's right. And my experience is when we're no longer, first we have awareness of what's unconsciously blocking the foot on the gas, foot on the brakes. Then we forgive the judgments, find out what each part values. Now we're asking higher level questions, which how can I have both? How can I have the things I value and hit my goal? And you already have your own wisdom. And then it comes, I call it heart storming sessions instead of brainstorming. You start coming up with ideas about how you could do that or finding examples of who's done that so that you can either look at their business model or at least subconsciously let yourself know that it's possible. Mm, This is so helpful. Thank you. You're welcome. One thing that's coming up for me as a question as I'm going through this exercise is I know for me, I have a reference point of what this looks like. Maybe it's to have a seven-figure launch or it's to have achieve these goals. And it's almost like I pulled back to now push forward again. Yes. But what about for people that are listening that maybe have never had a seven-figure launch, but it is as they're listening, they're like, God, yeah, I would love to have that. I imagine there's other things coming up for them about, is it possible for me? Am I good enough? My audience isn't big, all those things. That's right. How would you approach it in that space? So I wouldn't use these two parts that are competing at war or, you know, you could in the sense but I would probably more innately go somewhere else. So I find that the people that question their ability are usually the most competent because they, because they know what they can step into, but they haven't done it yet. So their ego compares where they are to where they want to go and they feel not good enough. It's an ego trap. 
So recognize if you are doubting yourself, you're probably amongst those who are most competent. You just need a little bit more time and, and just keep going with it until it clicks for you. I find that there's a lot of people before they get to six figures or before they get to, yeah, mainly six figures that you need a little, you need to do a lot of mindset work and do work on the level of worth. So, you know, there's, when we were talking about worth earlier and the paradox of transformation, there's something that I talk about, which is freedom to versus freedom from. So freedom to is saying yes to all of life. Freedom from is escapism. Like I have to have my life very well conditioned not to feel these certain things. And yet that doesn't work for us because life's going to, if we have blocks and buttons to press, life's going to press them. So by doing the inner work to embrace the part of us that doesn't feel worthy or doesn't think that we can do it, again, we start to, we start to integrate it into our nervous system and we are, it's almost like we, we stretch the capacity to be with the range of our human emotions and experiences. And we know that we're okay through all of it because it doesn't mean anything about us. That's freedom to freedom to all of life is a real sense of freedom. And when we do that, we feel stable. It's like the eye of a storm. We know how to navigate the different emotions and sensations that come up. And I would say entrepreneurs and founders that haven't hit six figures yet, I would do honestly, 80% of the game is an inner game. 80% of the work is an inner game. So doing mindset work, embracing this part of you that doubts yourself, I promise you, if you stay with it, there is always a way to hit your financial goals, doing what you love. If you are creative enough to find a way to provide value to others doing it. And some people really rely on this kind of masculine do, 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 and they over, they try just strategy and it doesn't work. And I heard this physicist say, it's not do, do, do. It's not just be, be, be. It's do, be, do, be, do, be, do. Like that's where the dance comes. And we integrate this feminine and masculine ways of being where, yes, there's a time to go all in, to roll up your sleeves. And yes, there's a time to surrender That's and to receive your insights and downloads about your intuition and what's going to actually help you move the needle. But it's got to be integrated within you. And as you do that, there's a moment. It's like any time we're going to our next level, we plateau, and that's usually when the doubt comes up. But often when that doubt comes up, when we're challenged, that's right before the biggest breakthroughs. And so if you are compassionate with yourself, if you're doing the inner work, it makes the game so much easier to step into and stabilize at your next level. And the same blocks that are coming up now will come up later, but now you've got better tools to navigate it and you don't let them take you out of the game. You're like, oh, I remember this part of me that you know, doubts myself and this is how I be with it. And then it helps you stabilize at your next, maybe seven figures or eight figures, whatever it may be. So interesting about the doing and being, because I do think for ambitious women, and I can speak for myself too, the doing is the thing that's always come most naturally. And yeah. I think it's how a lot of women get to their first big level of success. And then they realize this isn't going to sustain me to the next milestone or milestones because I'm going to burn out. That's right. Why is it so challenging to flip it the other way? Why is it? I know it's so challenging for so many ambitious women to slow down, to rest, to be with their intuition, to, to be versus do. I think we are modeled a lot of toxic masculinity of this is, and a lot of women needed to play into that. And when I say femininity, masculinity, it's both genders. We all have all of it and, and gender nonconforming. We have all of these aspects within us. So I just want to be clear about that. 
But when we've learned from patriarchy to push, to hustle, and there's a, there's a place for that, not as an ongoing marathon, maybe for sprints, there's a place for that integrated, healthy masculine. And so we've seen that. I know for me, I watched my dad really push and I saw my mom and my dad and I unconsciously was like, well, I'll, I'll do it the way my dad did. He seemed to have a better, like more success with it. And so we learn it subconsciously by watching. We, this is the, the culture that we're raised in. So we haven't trusted the feminine and it's been lopsided, but there is a place for the strategic, you know, this is when I talk about creating clients or customers. You want to, you want to balance both. You want to attract clients. This is more the feminine where you're, you're magnetic, you're energetic, your people are like, I want what they're having kind of vibes. Yes. You attract clients. You know, this is where people say I had clients and then I had none. And I don't know why I had that. That's kind of the toxic femininity where you don't, it's too watery. There's not enough structure and stability. Whereas the masculine is attracting clients, that focus, the strategic, the numbers, all of that. And that's super helpful too. But if we were just rely on one, it's, you know, and I, I say it's not a full open palm and it's not closed fist. It's somewhere in the middle. It's the surrendered action. We haven't had enough examples, I think, as a society. And I don't think we've tested out within ourselves enough, but we're starting to see more because when you push hard enough, especially I think your story earlier is so relatable where you've had a level of success, but the way you did it was like, I don't, it's not even worth it. Like in sometimes the way we've launched, it's like, I don't need that extra, whatever, you know, amount of money. I want my health. I want my family. I want to nourish my soul. And so knowing that that is a teaching and we can learn from that and to say, it didn't need to be that way. And yet there were gifts that you got from it. There's learnings that you got from it. And then you can use that moving forward to test a new way where it's this, you know, just like you're saying, focus on the most important things, starting to delegate, trusting your intuition. Because if you only do it from that masculine place, we do burn out. And then we have to pause. And then we realize that if we just did it an integrated way the whole time, we would be at the same place, but we would feel much more whole. We would feel more peace. We'd feel more free and happy because we're, we're balanced within ourselves. So I think this is part of what we're doing as a society and within ourselves individually is, is learning this new way. And I want you know, more women to wake up to this within themselves and be examples for their daughters about what's possible and for them to feel proud of how they do it and to be compassionate and kind with themselves along the way. I don't think people realize that compassion is productive, that genuinely, when you are compassionate with these parts of you, when you see that the blocks that are coming up in your life right now are not in the way they are the way, they can be used as stepping stones to get to your next level if you embrace them, if you don't identify with them. It's like, oh, this is the part of me that feels unworthy. Okay, sweetheart, I've got you. Really integrating that like you would a child, and then you still move forward with your metrics and with listening to your intuition you are paving a new way for women and humanity. What about, because I love that compassion is productive and I've mm -hmm. definitely in the past had a story that it's not and like mm -hmm. being hard on myself and critical is the productive, it's mm -hmm. gonna push me. What about for people listening that maybe didn't have a blueprint growing up of what that looked like to be compassionate yeah. with yourself, with others. So the inner voice that they have is quite critical. It is quite strict, stern. And so they're listening to you give yourself compassion when you meet that part of yourself. But to them, they're like, 
no, I just need to buck up. Like <laughs> their voice is different. It's not going to work. No. Well, I, just to be clear, I had the fiercest inner critic. I didn't have a role model of compassion is productive. This is some of my work. I know this work because I've walked the talk. So I understand that there's a, the way that we were parented, oftentimes we internalize. And so even the critics, so the medicine for criticism internally or externally is compassion. And so just like I was talking about before, it's like, if I have an inner critic and it's trying to make sure if you, if you unpack it, it's like, how is criticism trying to help me? It's trying to make sure that I do better next time so that then I succeed and then, then I'm accepted and loved, or then I feel safe or I belong. Really all these things boil down to belonging, safety, and love, right? So it's, it's understanding that these, this critical pattern, this critical voice is just doing the best it knows how to make sure that I'm loved, that I'm safe, and that I belong. It's a protection pattern. So once we have higher awareness of how it's trying to serve us, but in an ineffective way, then we change our relationship with the block. And then that's when the block changes. It's like when the critic comes up, I was fierce with this, Natalie. And I told you, I used to get high on my own supply, just driving my car, <laughs> doing forgivenesses. I'm like, and I had to do that for a long time. I mean, I remember I used to listen to a lot of books on CD or books on tape because that's how long ago it was because I wanted to drown out the inner critic. I hated drives because it was just so harsh inside my mind. And then I started learning tools and having, doing my own work and discovering there's a whole other way to live that is a lot more free, but it starts with the awareness that these parts of us are trying to help. Criticism is just trying to make sure that I do better so that then I belong or that I'm safe. And so when the critic comes up, it's like, okay, thank you for, for doing the best you've known how to make sure I was safe. I've got it now. And then move forward anyway. So the compassion is with the internal critic. And as we do that internally, we have more compassion for external criticism. We know it doesn't mean anything about us. We know that that's how they are with themselves, that we're, we're a mirror for them. We're a projection of their own fears, right? And so then that inner compassion makes it easier to externally offer others compassion. And then we don't, we don't hold ourselves back from sharing our ideas or our work because we have space for criticism because we bring love to it. We bring acceptance or we have the tools to be with a part of us that cares what other people think. It's okay. We know how to navigate that. This episode is brought to you by Masterclass. Masterclass is one of my favorite self-development platforms and I want to take a minute to talk about it because it's a place that I continue to refer back to every time I'm looking for inspiration and education. So if you haven't explored Masterclass yet, go to masterclass.com slash boss babe and scroll through some of the categories. I think you'll really love it. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every single month. I recently enjoyed watching Anna DuVernay's class titled Reframe Your Thinking. She's an award-winning filmmaker and she walks you through how to reverse engineer a plan to defy your limits and reach the goal that you have in your vision. So not only does Masterclass have really tangible business development classes, but also includes classes in 10 other categories like food, woman lifestyle, music, wellness, design, so many more. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one -on -one classes with the world's best. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. Right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash boss babe. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash boss babe masterclass.com slash boss babe. This year, learn from the best to become the best with Masterclass.
The theme of this year at Boss Babe is keeping things simple. 2024 is already off to an incredible start. Team Boss Babe is coming off a huge launch that felt so easy, so stress-free and honestly energizing, which says a lot. Quick backstory, last year we did a full platform audit of the subscriptions, platforms and products we were using to run everything behind the scenes and basically canceled 75% of our subscriptions to go all in on one platform, Kajabi. Listen, you guys, when I tell you I did the research, I did the research. Kajabi is our podcast sponsor and one of the main reasons we had effortless checkouts and an amazing customer experience during our most recent launch. The platform has everything you need to build a business online and allows for unlimited ways to diversify your revenue, build your brand, and turn your audience into paying customers. We actually used to have a custom membership platform. We moved all of our membership to Kajabi and it looks better and functions way easier than ever. We also used to have different platforms for things like landing pages, funnels, email campaigns, checkouts, you name it. And it is a breath of fresh air to have everything in one place in Kajabi. There's no need to have multiple platforms with zaps tying them all together. Instead, I really encourage you to go all in on one platform and I'm the biggest fan of Kajabi. They typically don't have extended free trials like this, but right now you can head to kajabi.com slash boss babe and get started with your free 30-day trial. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash boss babe for 30 days completely free to play in the platform and see if you love it just as much as we do. That's kajabi.com slash boss babe. That is so good. And I loved when you said it's a protection pattern. And I think so many people can resonate with that. Mm-hmm. And on that, which I think is, is, is mum guilt related to that? Is mum guilt related to that inner critic or do you think it's separate? Yeah, I do think it's related. I think that it's like find the good in guilt. How is guilt trying to serve you? Or you could say, what do I fear would happen if I weren't guilty? Well, if I weren't guilty, I'd be working all the time, right? Because there's guilt for working and there's there's guilt for not working. Mm-hmm. And so these are the two parts of you. And so finding how what how is guilt trying to support me? Well, it wants to make sure I'm a really present mom. Or I want to make sure that I am really honoring growing my business. And this is part of myself and not get lost in an identity. I'm just making it up. Every mom has a different uh, block and story. So then you can honor both of them. So then it's like, okay, what do I define as being a good mom? Instead of letting society unconsciously tell me that, well, being a good mom for me at this stage looks like being with my child or children for, you know, X amount of hours a day and working X amount. So then you're not unconsciously living out of the guilt. You're consciously defining what it is for you to be a good mom and to be a powerful entrepreneur. And that's going to change at different stages of as they grow up, different stages of our entrepreneurship. And so as we're clear about that, then we can create a, a strategy that's aligned and then we don't have the guilt come up so much. But then when it does come up, you thank the guilt for how it's been trying to protect and serve you. Mm. And eventually it starts going away because these parts and these patterns mirror our relationship with them. So if we're kind to them, they're kind right back. Life's a mirror. Oh my goodness. My mind is being blown right now. This is so good. Okay. I have so many notes of things that I want to come back to. So at the beginning of this podcast, we were talking about people's goals for the year and we went right into business and ambition. And as we're talking, I'm feeling like I also want to talk about relationships too, because for a lot of people on their goals for 2024, it might be find a relationship. It might be find their person, or it might be to 
have a happier relationship, one that they're already in, to have a happier relationship. And we were at a wedding um, a month ago and one that we were in a sharing circle, it was beautiful. And one thing that you said when we were all giving relationship advice, what really, really stuck with me and I wrote it down to bring up in this conversation and it was about being able to keep your heart open, especially when it's hard. Yes. And I think that is powerful advice for romantic relationships and non-romantic relationships. And for people with protection patterns, like you're talking about, I think that can be really challenging. I think for all humans, it can be challenging. Yes. It's definitely a goal on my list for 2024. Like I, I, I wrote that down when you were sharing that. And I shared it with Stephen after of like, that's something that I'd be so proud to be able to do in all conversations is to Mm -hmm. keep my heart open, even when it's really, really hard and you want to put up all your defenses. Yeah. But the protection patterns within me are like, yeah, that feels really scary. What if I just avoid it? Where would you begin (laughs) with that? (laughs) Yeah, I think, I think, you know, we think that closing our heart is going to protect us, but we actually hurt when we close our hearts. We actually only hurt when we close our hearts. And so when we realize that the closing hurts us, not the other, we start to see it differently. And I know that the closing is a protection mechanism. And so there's a vulnerability in being exposed. And I'm not saying to just open to anybody. I think having safe relationships that you can start this with. But first understanding that there's the protection mechanism. And then underneath that is the vulnerability. When we realize that speaking from the vulnerability actually gets us what we want, it makes it easier to practice or to test out continuing to do that. So let's ground this with an example. So in my marriage, you know, I can talk for days about relationships. I used to be a couples therapist and I love this work. And the beauty of it is as you work it at the root from, from within you, you feel, and when you're feeling more worthy, you, it shows up in your relationships with your family, with your partner, with your business, everything. So that's some of the gift of this work. It will ripple into every area of your life. And so with my husband, I started really diving into my certification program and putting my life's work into it. And it took a lot of my energy and I'm so proud of what it is and the results the students are getting and who they are embodying as a result of it. And it took me away from really nurturing my marriage the same ways that I was. And that triggered in my husband, this part of him that didn't feel important. And when he traced it back, he could see that that played out with his dad when he was a little boy. And so if he were to tell me that if he were hurt and he were to talk from his defensive part and he says, you're so busy, uh, and kind of like blamed me or started talking from that protector part, I would be further away from him when underneath that he really wants connection, right? If he really wants to feel important and special and connected, but if he were to talk from the defense, actually it makes me feel further away from him, further away from what he wants versus if he spoke from the vulnerability, I don't feel important to you anymore. I, I'm scared that I'm losing you. If he were to speak from that vulnerability raw and open that way, yes, it takes more courage, but it not only makes him keep his heart open, I move towards him, which is what he deeply desires. Mm. Do you see? And so when you're safe enough in a relationship to speak from the vulnerability, it gets you what you want and your heart stays open. But the other option is it's okay. We're going to have defenses. I I know all of this work and sometimes I'll still come up with my defensive part. And so just want to normalize that. And we can come back to the tools and even open our heart to our closed heart. We can even be like, yeah, you got scared, huh? 
or however you talk to yourself. It's like that compassionate voice, like, yeah, that, or I may make up for it in the moment that I catch it. It's like, I call you know, I just, I take a breath and I just, I might say, I noticed I was really rude. I'm sorry. I'm just scared of being hurt and just microscopically sharing what my inner experience is with him drops me into my heart and drops him into his. And then we connect in the ways that we want. We shift the patterns in our relationship. Asking for a friend. (laughs) (laughs) What about if you don't love saying sorry so much? Oh, it's a, it's a something you're working on. Cause I'm hearing that and I'm like, wow, that would actually be a really effective strategy. And I feel like I, maybe I don't apologize so much. Yeah. Well, I get curious. There's a part of you that doesn't say sorry easily. And maybe there's a reason why that happened in the past. Mm. right? Maybe there's, and so the more you have insight about how that got designed within you or what you're afraid would happen if you did say sorry, what comes up for you, the more compassion you can offer that part of you that doesn't want to say sorry. You can even say, I notice I really want to say sorry to you. And there's this part of me that's really fighting. And then you're just, you, you, you kind of name it and you laugh, you know, you can even ham it up. So one thing we do in our marriage is called, we ask, can you hold? It's like a conscious complaining. So sometimes if what, when he says, yes, he can hold, that means that he's conscious. I'm going to, I'm just going to vomit word, like just share what's coming up. This part wants to say, and I may even ham it up, but he knows to hold it with lightness because it's just a part of me. It's not me. And so I may be like, it was really your fault and you should have done the different and like kind of just go off on it. And I exaggerate it and he starts laughing. We start laughing and then it dissolves it very quickly. This part got the mic. It got to be seen and heard. And then we start laughing as a result of it because we know it's not true, right? Especially if you exaggerate it. It's like, you're the worst husband in the world. You should have really made all of, met all of my needs, you know? And, and then it's like, okay, you know, this is not true. But then you, you join through that. So you don't have to be different, but the more you have awareness over these parts, there's different ways to use them to connect. And there's also another thing I'll mention just in relationships. There's usually the turtle and there's usually a tiger, where one person as a defense mechanism closes down to protect, the other person tends to get loud. And so if you can learn to insource safety, which is what I call insourcing your own safety, if you can work with this part that's scared so that you either open a little bit if you're the turtle or start to calm a bit if you're the tiger, then you meet in the middle. These are just defense mechanisms, but if you play them out, it's like we have a runner and avoider, right? Usually, and you can be different in different relationships. But the more you are conscious of the patterns, you understand why they've been triggered, you can hold compassionate and safe space for each other and find each other in the middle. So, you know, you can play with it. It doesn't have to be that these parts go away, but you can ham it up. You can ask for him to hold. You can microscopically share. I notice I want to say sorry, and this part is not going to let me, and I love you, but I can't do it. You know, just be real and honest. I love getting to ask you these questions because I still (laughs) admire your marriage, and I love getting the chance to dive in with all this. I'm curious, and this goes for romantic relationships and just general close relationships to you. When someone does come to you with the thing that is challenging for them. Like you were talking about speaking from that vulnerable place. They yeah. come to you and say, I'm, I'm worried. I'm, I'm not important to you. And they share those things. Mm-hmm. What is a really great way to meet them there and to show that you're really hearing the things that they are saying in partnership, any type of partnership you're saying? Yeah, I would say in, in maybe we, maybe there's two in romantic relationships, but also just in friendships, maybe. Yeah. 
you know, friendship, com- a friend comes to you with something that's really vulnerable for them and you want to mm-hmm. make sure that you're hearing them and you want to make sure they mm-hmm. feel heard and seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, I think you, your answers and your question, I, you know, it's, it's repeating to them what you're hearing from them on an emotional level so that they can really feel seen and heard and feel, create that safety. It's like, I really get that this is, this is tender for you. Tell me more. And you're mm-hmm. present and you listen. And I also think that the more we understand somebody's core wound or core trigger, we can hold it with more compassion and safety in friendship, in romantic relationship for sure, but even in business. So even with my team, I made an optional call where we shared about the things that trigger us. For example, somebody on my team, her family really got on her around doing it right all the time. So anytime she makes a mistake, she just already has this activation. And so me knowing that being the boss, I'm not going to publicly call her out on that. I'm going to, I'm going to go in a bit on the side, be like, how are you doing? Do you, you know, do you, is there anything that you could have done differently there? Or I would do it with a lot of care and not publicly so that she feels safe. So the more self-awareness we have, the better we lead our teams, the better our relationships are with our kids, our lover, our friends. It's just, I mean, I'm biased, but it enhances every aspect of our lives. But we also learn to tend to those parts of ourselves. And really, I think ultimately, we're married to these parts of ourselves. And the way that we are with ourselves is a mirror for how we are in relationship, business, romantic, friend. Oh, I just love talking to you about all of this stuff. And I it's such proof that when you do the work, it affects every single area of your life. I feel like I have so many questions on all of these things. Um, I have another question too. It's like, ask Alyssa time. I'm like, I'm going to ask a question. <laughs> speaking of team and speaking of be, being able to have conversations with team, is there a way in which you approach certain, let's say, challenging conversations where you maybe have to give feedback or point out when something wasn't done a certain way. Do you do it in a certain way? Yes, I do. Yeah. And I think this is true for a team and everybody. It's number one, the sexiest, most powerful relationship hack is to take personal responsibility. So Mm -hmm. anytime we feel something that is ours, nobody made us feel a certain way. They may have knocked on the door and that part of us opened the door, but they, it was there before it's going to be there after. So part of kind of quote unquote, doing the work is proactively healing, resolving, integrating these parts of us that are, that can get triggered and lead our businesses and lives so that other people can knock on the door and no one's home. And then we don't, it's like, for me, I would rather live younger, free or happier and prioritize doing the work up front so that I don't unconsciously play that out in every other area of my life. And so being able to take personal responsibility, they may have knocked on the door and that part of me came up. But the way I see that is great. Now that it's activated, now I can consciously work to heal or resolve it at the root. And then it doesn't have to come up in any other relationship. And that does not mean being a doormat. That means using my own trigger and activation to heal and free myself and maybe still setting a boundary that didn't work for me. But once I take personal responsibility for it, then I'm not blaming them which then creates a more compassionate, productive conversation. It's like my experience of this was. I might even tell them, maybe not at work, but in friendship or in my marriage, I might say that triggered this older wound when I was younger around being bullied in middle school. So they have a context. It's not about them, but please hold this with more tenderness. You know, And if, they're, if they love you, they will. And then to say, here's my request. 
if you're open, I would love it if you could, and then be specific and grounded around it. And so when it's in a work setting and you might not want to share that yeah. deeper, do you just make the request? How would you frame that one? I mean, because I run a personal development company, I usually share mine. Uh, I don't make them share theirs. And I think I can lead by example. But so you don't have to share. You can say that brought something up inside of me that from from my past. And it's really tender. Or if you don't want to have any of those relationships, you know, with your employees or whoever you're working with, you can just say, when this happened, this was my experience. Again, because personal responsibility is the number one thing. And it drops that defense and then you can still have a request. So it's like, this is what it brought up for me. And, you know, I take responsibility for that. I'm looking at that. I'm curious, can you move forward in this way? Are you open to exploring this specific request? Because people want to know a specific request. So you set them up to win. People want to help. They want to be helpful, but they don't always know how. And if you tell them exactly how, they'll be like, great unless it hits up against one of their wounds, which happens more in romantic relationships than professional ones. Unless, you know, like, yeah, the closer you are with anyone you're working with, the more it will simulate, it'll be similar to a romantic relationship because we're that closer mirror, but there are options. You don't have to divulge all your deeper things with your team and you can. I think also when I do, I know there's a deeper loyalty to the mission, to what we're doing, to be an example of a Mm -hmm. different way to, to lead conscious business but always stay true to yourself, whatever, whatever you want to do. I love all of this so much. And I love a couple of things that you said that was doing the work up front. Mm-hmm. I think that's incredibly powerful. And then resolving at the root, you've talked about that a few times. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's such a powerful way to live is to every time you come up against something that you realize is a place to grow, you can resolve it at the root. That's right. So let's pivot on to talk about your certification because I've taken it and One thing, I mean, there's many, many things that I love about it, but one thing that I particularly love about it is not just that you get certified to help other people go through this change, but you have to go through all of this change yourself. It is the biggest masterclass (laughs) in personal development, mindset work, all of the the five elements that you walk through in the beginning. And Mm -hmm. so can you tell people a bit more about what it is and who it's for? Yeah, absolutely. So this certification program is for brand, brand new coaches, as well as seasoned coaches, therapists, and healers, and people that just want to up-level their lives. So maybe they are entrepreneurs or they're moms, anybody that wants to just really change from the inside out and have a toolkit to navigate their life, to step into what it is they want with more grace. This program is supportive to do that. You need three things to powerfully change and create sustainable change. I would say as a leader and as a professional, you need to do your own personal development work. More and more people are waking up to the power of inner work. And even when I say inner work, a lot of people don't know what that means. So this entire program really develops you from the inside out. It gives you a method to wake up to your inherent worth and value. And really, you know, people can feel where you come from more than what you say. So you embody that and you feel so confident about the work that you do in the world. So it helps you do your work. So you embody it. It helps you feel confident as a coach, therapist, healer, leader, really feel good about the work that you do. Some people need fire. Some people need water. So we have an integrative approach. We do somatic work. I used to be a licensed somatic psychotherapist. We do unconscious reprogramming. We don't just tell you, but you live it. So that's the second thing. And then I give you my six-figure signature roadmap. So 
whether you're at six figures now or you're not there, it helps you scale and quantum leap, whether you're starting or scaling your business in a way that's in alignment with what you want. So creating customers and clients so that it's easeful, integrating this masculine and feminine way. So we don't talk about it, but you live it. We literally hold your hand every step of the way. Yeah, I think that's the thing that I love the most about it was getting to go through all of those processes myself Mm -hmm. because then I understood on a whole new level. It wasn't just talking about it and how you would deal with clients. It's actually dealing with it yourself. I did it with a group of friends and we would meet every single week to go through the homework and it was just so incredibly powerful. And I also think as a coach, you should have these tools in your toolbox if you're going to be coaching people you know, this program, I had brand, brand new coaches go through that and they shortcut the learning curve. I've even had seasoned coaches, coaches that have done my mastermind do this program. Maybe they had 3000 followers making a hundred or 200,000 a year do the program and actually feel so much more competent. Like they didn't even know the depth and the value of what they hadn't been stepping into until they started doing it. They went from feeling more confident, their clients feeling that from like one woman, Becky, she went from 40% re-enrollment to her mastermind to 80% re-enrollment. Then she started coaching seven-figure powerhouse women and she hit her first $80,000 month as well as enhancing her relationship with her daughter, which was super challenging before strengthening her marriage. So really the worth piece, and I want people to really hear this, your worth is at the core of this. And so worth is not just one of those, you know, one level it's, you got to approach it at all five levels to fully embody it. If you want to help somebody deeply and profoundly change their life, or if you want to deeply and profoundly change your life, you do it on the worth level. And so we help you do that. And then you price your services and you scale your business in a way that you feel unstoppable. So I've seen, we've had over a thousand grads at this point and people like I, we actually have a 21% re-enrollment rate for the program because people love it so much. They want to go to their next ad, ad level. We have it as a choose your own adventure. So they go back into it so that they can keep scaling either online or offline. For example, I did 300,000 with offline marketing my first year as a coach. People are like, how did you do that? I teach you exactly how to do that in the program. We're step by step. Yeah. I love how tactical it is too. Mm-hmm. And for me coming into it, the inner work wasn't intimidating. It's a long program. So you get a lot of time to be able to go into it. And then the marketing stuff, the way you share with people, it's so tactical. And I love that you always share the offline part because I think very few people do that. And I know how much you love that stuff. (laughs) I do. And nobody knows that you can, you can make multiple six figures. I was working 30 hours a month making multiple six figures. People are like, if they, a lot of the people that I coach to do that are not online because online's, you know, it's, it's, it takes more of a team and it takes some more work for it. So there's not a lot of people that know how to do it and they're definitely not online. And so I'm always happy to share. There are multiple ways to grow your business and you got to do it in a way that fits for you. Mm, I love all this so much. Okay. So then details of it. How long is the program? When does it start? And how long would you say people would want to dedicate each week? We have, so the program is from February to December and it's experiential. So they're doing both their work, learning how to compassionately and confidently coach and then scale their business within that time. And we gamify it throughout, but it's only five hours a week. I like getting to the point. I know people have busy lives and I'd rather, like you're talking about, focus on the needle moving activities that are going to actually make a difference in your business and life. So you learn it and then you embody it. But we have calls at 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. So some people, you can do it from anywhere in the world, that's Pacific time, anywhere in the world. And we have weekly calls with me. We also have 
one-to-one each week, you learn a new tool where you're giving and receiving coaching. So if you've got stuff coming up, you got support. And then we have smaller group mentor coaches for additional optional support every week. If you want to drop into a smaller group, that's available for you too. My favorite things about the calls with you are how many people you coach live and getting to either be that person or witness. I think that is really powerful. Okay, and what if someone listening isn't ready for that yet? I know you have a bootcamp coming up. I have also done your bootcamp, I think twice now, and I freaking love it. Can you tell us more about that too? I know that's free, right? Yes, that's free. It's coming up. It's like the most popular event of the year. So everything I've been sharing on this podcast, I'm every day giving a new tool to experientially have you embody the work. I take you through a training, you embody it. I'll do a demo. I pull people up. You could win if you participate just to get a free demo with me so I can show people the power of it and then you embody it and you live it. So it's five days. Each level is a new day and it's all about pricing, worth, somatic work, being trauma informed, which is really important as a coach so that you know when it's in scope, how to hold that safety. So we cover everything and it's five days for free. It's literally going to change your life if you fully show up for it. It's incredible. And it goes so deep as well, given that it's just five days. I'm going to put the link for the bootcamp below in the show notes, because I think if you have listened to this podcast and you resonate on any level about the stuff we're talking about, you get to be in this. And then I'll also link the information for the certification. I'm a big advocate of it. We, you know, we've talked about it on this podcast so many times. Yeah, I love it. I love the work that you do. And I also want to share you guys, it's you can't work with a list that one to one. So if you want to get coaching, this is the best way this to get it. it, right? This is it. And it and the bootcamp's free. And literally, you will walk away with new tools to apply in your life right away. Not only where to create clients today for free, how to sell to them in a way that feels good, but then also doing somatic work and unconscious reprogramming around money mindset so that you can really scale with more ease. I think it's the best in the industry. I'm just going to put that out there. It is. I feel very confident in that. It absolutely is. Yeah. I love it. And you also have a podcast. Tell us about your podcast. Yeah. So Healing and Human Potential, this is all about, you know, one of my intentions was to give humanity a toolkit to heal, to step into their full potential. So I bring in energetic and strategic work. I cannot wait to have you on. And we, I bring in people that are just helping change the world and their own unique magic. And so we drop in with tools, with honest, deep, vulnerable conversations and yeah, healing and human potential podcast. I love it. And you guys buckle up because we've got some collaborations coming. Yes, Coming we in do. the near future. Yes, we, we do. do. <laughs> Alyssa, thank you so much. This was incredible. Thank you for coaching me. I I have so many notes from this episode. <laughs> so to recap, I'm going to put the bootcamp, the link in the show notes below. I'm going to link the certification and then I'll also link your podcast, which everyone gets to go over there and subscribe to right Yay. now. Alyssa, Thanks. thank you for being here. I love you so much. Thank you for your openness. Thank you for doing the work that you do and just being an example of what it looks like to be a conscious woman and entrepreneur. I love you so much. I love you.